On this episode of Destroy the Shield Generator, James asks, how did Palpatine manage to combine what remained of the Republic and the Separatists? Were regular citizens of the Republic actually cool with the emergence of the Empire? And what would it take to rebrand the Galactic Empire to be more appealing to Millennials and Gen Z? Plus, a new segment of Star Hall Wars Mark, where we continue the story we started two episodes ago and work on expanding our Star Wars Hallmark Christmas story into a trilogy. All that and more, starting now. So I don't know if you've noticed that there's a lot of political tension going on in the Star Wars universe. Are we talking? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to clarify know, one way or another. Yeah. Well, clear, why? What is there to clarify? I'm clearly talking about Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> I'm not aware of any other political tensions. <laughs> Anyways, here's a question that bothers me. Okay. What do we think prequel? Now, Trilogy. Define bother. Let's just let's dive into this for a second. Okay. What do you? Why does that stand out to you as something to ask? Like define like bother. What bother. Do you mean? Like it bothers you. Does it? Does it keep you up at night? Does it just intrigue yeah. you? Okay. It it keeps you up at night. I can't sleep. I haven't slept for years. Okay. Decades. All right. Well, hey, I'm. I'm thankful that I asked because now I can go into answering this question for you with the resolve of someone that wants to help you finally get rest. So yeah. you're, you're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't know why I didn't start with this question then. It seems silly. Yeah. I mean, you should have done this in season one. You could have been sleeping <laughs> since like May. Yeah. Like, and I thought when we first met and the first time I like realized that you love Star Wars, I thought about asking you this question, but I thought, do you know what? I'm going to wait till we have a podcast. And then wait till season two. <laughs> and I'm going to wait till season two, episode four. Four. And because um, I knew that's exactly the episode we're recording. Yes. Yes. Or we're going to record. Correct. So to, today's the day. I'm so excited for you, James. Yeah. So here's a question. Here's the question. Prequel trilogy, there is tension between separatists and the Republic. Yes. Palpatine takes power by, like, taking over the Republic, becoming the dictator, emperor, and then he gets rid of the separatists, right? Yeah. Why did he have to get rid of the separatists? Like, hmm. I guess the big idea is, like, the trilogy's over. He gets rid of the clones. He gets rid of the droids. He starts from scratch with his own empire. Sure. Like, why not just be, like, the boss of both of those sides and be like, hey, guess what? You're fighting against each other? Guess what? I was behind the scenes of both of y'all the whole time. You we were following me the whole time anyways. Just keep it going. Why? Like, just kill the Jedi, kill your political rivals, and just keep running. Why end all of it and then start from scratch? Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of a recap. You, you, you did a good job of this. Thank you. Palpatine was behind both sides of the Clone Wars. Like, Palpatine was pulling the strings on the Republic side by becoming Grand Chancellor, by eventually getting rid of the Jedi 
and not abolishing the Senate, but basically overriding the Senate with his own power. And he was also behind the scenes. Unlimited power. Unlimited power. Thank you. And he was also behind the scenes of the separatists movement pretty much from the beginning. But he did both of those under different personas. And so the, you know, Chancellor Palpatine, the public, you know, the senator from or the former senator from Naboo, that was the public face of the Republic dude um, that became Grand Chancellor and so forth. On the separatist side, they were only aware of Darth Sidious. They did not know that he was Palpatine. Mm-hmm. They And on the Republic side, like the Jedi, they did not know that Palpatine was Darth Sidious. So we're talking about different people. And he is coordinating, as we just talked about, he's coordinating the leadership of both of these camps to continue to conflict with each other in order to provide him the opportunity to seize power and make it look like he could harbor peace between the two sides, which in a way he kind of does. Now, (laughs) (laughs) from a certain point of view, from a certain point of view. Now, I think that the simple answer to your question, and it's, it's never this simple, but I think the simple answer to your question is that Palpatine had to, had to sort of reconcile those two personas that were out there. And so to the separatists, specifically just like the leadership of the separatists, the leadership of the separatists hated Palpatine. They didn't, they didn't know he was the same dude that was commanding them around. So in episode three, once Darth Vader becomes like a thing, Palpatine explicitly has Vader go wipe out all of the leadership of the separatists. And I think the reason, I think the primary reason for that and for this whole question is for Palpatine to consolidate power, unlimited power, right? His his power is not unlimited if he lets the techno union and the trade federation and, you know, the banking clan, like all these different factions, he doesn't have unlimited power if they're all still doing their thing and potentially, I mean, still, you know, hundreds of star systems that don't necessarily need to listen to this Palpatine guy um, now that Darth Sidious is sort of uncovered or unwrapped, if that makes sense. So that feels like a short answer. It also feels like a long answer. What's your thinking after that? Well, my first question is, does Palpatine slash Sidious, Palpadius... Palpadius. That sounds like something you'd order at Domino's. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a large uh, palpadius pepperoni? <laughs> a pepperoni palpadius. All right. So does pepperoni palpadius yes. in episode three explicitly tell Vader, hey, go wipe out the Trade Federation and those other people? Yes. He does. All of the Trade Federation folks are on Utapau, where General Grievous ends up getting killed. In like the big, like the, the planet with the big, like, they look like craters, but they just go down like forever. Like the big, like holes basically. Yes. The one that Obi-Wan like scrambled out of yes. on the back of that one creature and they're trying to kill him. Yeah. So yeah. all the trade federation leadership is on, is hiding out on that planet. And Palpatine tells them all to go to Mustafar, the lava planet, <laughs> where he says like, you'll meet my new apprentice. <laughs> you know, but then Palpatine is explicitly tells Vader, 
go there and kill them all. And so he does. He goes into that one, like, control room or whatever and kills the Pneumoidians. He kills the techno-union dude. He kills the banking clan dude. There's, there's, I forget all the factions that there are, and a lot of them have names and stuff. He kills even the, the Geonosian king, like the cricket guy, but, like, the king. Um, his name is Pablo the Lesser, fun fact. Anyway. Pablo the Lesser? <laughs> Not Pablo. Poggle. Like Poggle. Like like goggles, but with a P. Gotcha. I was gonna say Pablo the Lesser. Of course it's the Lesser, because we already know who Pablo the Greater is. So anyway. Um that's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't play your games. Um so... It's our good friend Pablo Hidalgo. Canadian Chilean. Canadian Chilean, yeah. And Pablo. Friend of the show. We know you're listening. We know you're listening, bud. Thank you. Thanks. For being Pablo the Greater. <laughs> And Poggle the Greater. And Poggle the Greater also, yes. Anyway, Vader kills them all because Palpatine tells him to. And I think the reason is kind of intuitive. It, you know, it brings the Separatist movement to its knees at the same time. And so the Empire can go take control of all of those planets too. And then it's just the whole galaxy's one big empire for the most part. Rather than being like split. Okay. So... He wipes out the separatists so that, like, the only separatist leader at that point is Sidious, who basically is like, guess what? We're rebranding. We're the Empire now. Yeah. And I'm also rebranding myself, new image, you know, like Sidious. Seems a little bit scary. Just call me Emperor Palpatine. I mean, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it is kind of like that, though, where as soon as the sep- – like, here's the thing. The separatist leaders were probably the only ones – that knew who Darth Sidious kind of was because Darth Sidious isn't like making these public pronouncements to citizens on separatist planets. Mm-hmm. He's just in charge of all these like groups and stuff. So, well, not, not even in charge. He's just pulling the strings of all these group leaders. So once those are all dead, including Dooku and Grievous, there's kind of no one left who was, you know, quote unquote, listening to Darth Sidious anymore. So it leaves the door open for the public Palpatine to just storm in with the new empire and take control. Okay. And then on the other side, he takes control of the Republic. Yeah. Through, uh, by the way, through obviously a lot of manipulation, but particularly... democratic means. (laughs) Yeah. But through uh, Padme Amidala and Jar 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 Binks. Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) Yeah, because because he he gets Padme to get the no uh, no confidence vote in the previous chancellor, uh, Chancellor Valorum, and then I hate that guy. And then in the next movie, Jar Jar is the one to officially. <laughs> Can't believe Jar Jar is the guy. Anyway, Jar Jar is the one to say like, "How about this Palpatine fellow?" Ugh. Okay. So Vader goes, kills all the separatist leaders. Yeah. What happens to the Republic exactly? Jedi gets killed in Order 66. Mm-hmm. And he just has all of the power and nobody really cares? Pretty much. So the the public perception of what happens at that time, not just the what you see in the movies or in the government or with the Jedi, but I think the standard public perception of what... If, if you're a citizen of the Republic somewhere, the understanding that Palpatine sort of gives off is that the Jedi have betrayed the Republic. 
Okay, I remember. This sounds familiar. Yeah. And so the Jedi, who yes, have been peaceful guardians for thousands of years, they have they have suddenly turned on the Senate at the time of its greatest need, at the time where the capital planet Coruscant is getting attacked by the separatists and um, all that kind of stuff. So from the public persona, they are pouring all of their trust into Palpatine, knowing that he does, I mean, to be fair, as as just Palpatine, he does have a, a solid political history of like ruling for the people and stuff. So they put their trust in him they're they're pretty cool with the idea of an empire at the beginning because it is a consolidation of power and they see that as being a more streamlined way to end the conflict and of course palpatine makes promises left or right that as soon as this conflict is over i will happily return all of these wartime powers and 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 so forth so I think the people just genuinely were like weary of war and then just trusted this dude that had sincerely been in the Senate for a long time, not knowing that he had been plotting this from the beginning and been pulling the strings on the other side. So then he just kind of becomes the Senate, as we say, never gives the power back and then starts oppressing the people that live in the empire. And then you're kind of launched into that inter- trilogy period of like 19 years where the empire just kind of grows and becomes what it is in the original trilogy all right okay so basically the republic is like we're sick of this war and we trust you palpatine and the separatists are like less likely to trust him so he just kills him and like basically takes all the power that they had and like makes peace yeah and everybody's like oh cool like this guy brokered peace between these two sides so we'll go along with it and he'll make things right eventually. But instead, he just keeps grabbing power, grabbing power, grabbing power, grabbing power, yeah. enslaving people, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I think you, you, you mentioned it there, but I think the point where it kind of turns dark, it's not nece- it doesn't necessarily take long, but you know, people do start to realize like, oh boy, this is getting out of hand. Enslavement, they abduct children to turn them into stormtroopers. Like there's a lot of very nasty stuff as they consolidate power. Where do we see that happening? Like the enslaving children and making them stormtroopers and stuff. I don't think you see that anywhere, but like pretty much every stormtrooper like doesn't know who their family is and doesn't know their real name or, and then they talk about like, yeah, I was taken from this planet. Like think about like Finn. But like where do they talk about that? Finn's not a stormtrooper though. Yeah, he is. No, he's part of the other group. Well, he's in the first order. Crimson Dawn. First order. Crimson Who's Crimson Dawn? Dawn? Crimson Dawn is uh, like Dryden Voss in Solo. Uh, my bad. Okay, completely different. So like we're using Finn as an example for the Empire kidnapping people. And it's it, like, yeah, the First Order is obviously not the Empire, but they employ similar practices in that sense. But like, how do we know? Where do we see that? He talks about the fact that he was abducted. He doesn't know his family. No, 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 no. Where do we see that with, like, the stormtroopers in the Empire? Oh, well, they, I mean, they talk about it in, I think they talk about it in Rebels when they're in, like, the, is it called, like, Sky Strike? The, the one, like, Imperial Pilots Academy with, like, those kids and stuff? Yes. I think they mention it. Do we see it in Solo or Rogue One? I feel like we would. We don't see Empire stuff in Solo so much. 
Like we see recruiting of stormtroopers in Solo when he's trying to flee the planet. That's true. Whatever planet that was. Corellia. Yeah, Corellia. It was right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I, I, I could see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, we know that there's oppression from the Empire because we see the Empire blowing up a planet in A New Hope. And we know that there's a rebellion, so people aren't happy. Mm -hmm. And then we see it in Solo. Like, we see that they have, like, a heavy hand. And then we see it throughout Rebels and, of course, Rogue One. So we know that they're bad. How exactly, like, they start to realize, oh, Palpatine isn't actually going to give up power. It happens somewhere there, and we know it. It's just implied. It's never stated, like, oh, he's bad now. Right, 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 right. I think you just hear it from a lot of accounts from folks in Rebels, Rogue One, and A New Hope, where... Yeah, people are kind of fed up with the oppression, the occupation, the slavery, stuff like that. I'll say this. For people who are looking to create dominance, it's probably not a good place to start by calling yourself the Empire. Yeah, have like a cooler name. How how do we rebrand the Empire to make it cooler and more appealing to to, you know, millennials and Gen Z? I just feel like it needs like a Z somewhere in there. World War Z. Mm, no, not feeling it. Star Wars. There it is. Star Wars with a Z. Yep. That's the name of the empire? <laughs> <laughs> not empire. Hi, I'm the Supreme Chancellor of Star Wars. <laughs> You'd have to call it like the collective. Mm. That sounds a little bit like cultish. Or like secret society-ish. But it's cool. Yeah. The Galactic Collective. The Galactic Collective sounds fun. I would be a part of that. Like, I would sign up up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Stormtrooper and an empire? No. Stormtrooper and the Galactic Collective? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Get little little badges that say uh, (laughs) TGC. Yeah. Uh, maybe a trucker hat with a patch on the front. Perfect. That you'd put on top of your stormtrooper helmet. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Never seen that before. Mm-mm. <laughs> what an original idea. Great. So last time that we talked, you know, holidays, life day. Life day. Thank you. Yes. Um, By the way, do they say like Merry Life Day? Merry Holidays? I mean, I'd imagine in a pretty diverse galaxy, they'd have a variety of holidays around Life Day. Sure, sure, sure. So maybe they'd want to adopt um, more, you know, inclusive language. Sure. Maybe. Happy Lifey Days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure that's it. I don't think so. I don't honestly like I don't think that the that there's necessarily a phrase. Okay. Well, regardless, we talked Life Day movies and we created an accountant for Life Day. Yes, aka also known as a Life Day Flame, a Star Wars story. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Like I just hear those titles and I want to watch. 
I just want to sit down and, you know, watch. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't, mean, <laughs> I didn't mean to. You should be a movie critic. <laughs> well, movie critic, I have great news for you. What's that? Well, we're talking Star Hall Wars Mork. Mork? Mork. Yep. Star Hall Wars Mork. Okay, that's his yep. new. I yeah, got to change new. the title on the episode. We do. <laughs> Please do. That wasn't me misspeaking. That was me coming up with a new name. Okay. The good news is because it is in the Star Wars universe, by law, mm-hmm. it must be a trilogy. Ooh. Okay. So we're going to have the Life Day trilogy. So hold on. So, but there's probably going to be multiple Life Day trilogies, so this is going to be the Life Day Accountant Trilogy. Okay, yes, correct. Okay, wait, wait. Sorry, continue. So, rather than coming up with, like, different disconnected Hallmark movies that are kind of Star Wars related, we're going to pursue the story that we started two episodes ago, mm-hmm. develop that into a trilogy. Yep. Oh, man. So the one that we did the first time two weeks ago was the first of a trilogy and we didn't even know it was a trilogy when we made it didn't know it just like star wars yeah all right fits right in yeah oh i'm so excited and the great news is that candace cameron bure how do you pronounce her name i don't know dj tanner i know who she is i I watched Full House when I was like nine, but I, I, it's 2020 and I don't know her last name now. Like she's like the she's the queen of Christmas on Hallmark. That's not a fact that I was aware of. She's in a lot of Hallmark movies. She does a great job. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm sure she does a great job. But you're the Hallmark expert, Candace. We know you're listening. I'm sorry that I probably just mispronounced your last name. <laughs> but you're going to be great in this Hallmark, Star Wars, Star Hall Wars, Mork. Mork. Trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> so, our cantina tender. Yes. Bartender cantina mm-hmm. person. Candace Cameron. Bure. Are we just straight up, like, we're we're casting the characters, we're... Going the whole nine yards, yeah? Sure, yeah. Okay, okay. You're recapping the story, is that right? Yeah, so I'm just trying to rewind. Okay, that's that's helpful for both of us and for our audience, I think. So. Yeah. Okay. Probably us more than the audience. Probably us more than our audience, yes. So, where did we leave off? That's all I got. (laughs) From from what I remember, okay. From what I remember, because I, not only did I, was I a part of recording the podcast, it's kind of how this works, but I also edited, so I, I heard it again. From what I remember, uh, well, we aren't have, you special? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, from what I remember, we have a a cantina owner, a female, apparently played by Candace Cameron. Yep. Not not even apparently. That, that's just a fact. A fact. Okay. Cool. 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 We have a cantina owner on a planet. That has been bypassed by a new hyperspace lane. And yep. 
in doing so, it is it is basically sapped the economy of this planet. So it's it's like derelict and places are closing down and there's not any more like money and travelers and tourism and bounty hunters and all this exciting, dangerous, you know, money coming through and all that. It's a, it's a tough time on this planet. That sounds hopeless. Okay. We also have... It's pretty hard to have life day spirit on that planet. It probably is really hard to have life day spirit on that planet. So we also have Candace Cameron's character. Okay, remind me in a few minutes. We have to come up with names for these characters, like Star Wars names for these characters. So we can just refer to them. Okay. But we'll do that in a minute. We also have Candace Cameron's character looking after, is it like her mom or grandma? What did we say? I think it was grandma. Grandma. Okay, that's canon now. It's just, it's grandma. Even if we said mom in the first episode, it's now grandma. You did say she was a black grandma as well. That's true. Yes, she's black. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure why that's relevant or important. Because uh, we want to be inclusive. Well, of course we do, but like, whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not whatever, but like, <laughs> wow. not whatever to that, but whatever just to whatever this conversation. I get it. I get it. Okay. Anyway. The story goes that Cantina's in bad shape financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a guy comes into the Cantina who is got no Life Day spirit whatsoever. No. Um, really hates Life Day because he lost his friend who was a part of the Empire on the or in the battle on Hoth during Episode yeah. Five. So, and that was apparently that battle took place literally on Life Day. Doesn't or really, at least near Life Day. Okay, doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily reveal that in you know episode five, but we're just assuming. And if that's not canon, then like just the fact that it's a snowy planet, it reminds him of snow and yes. Christmas, and that makes him bitter okay. towards Christmas. You mean Life Day? You keep saying Christmas. Oh yes, yes. Fair. I, I like that. Interchangeable. <laughs> It was on Life Day, but just in case it wasn't, the snow reminds him of Life it's Day. It's the snow. It's the snow that does it. Okay. So, <laughs> so this dude rolls into town. There's like a, I think we said there was like a bar fight in the cantina that mm-hmm. he helps break up. She uses the force to save him. Yep. And then. Shocking. Shocking. And then they kind of fall in love from there we didn't really go into a lot of detail the, about that the, uh, well because there never is any detail oh, oh the tree catches on fire that's right he puts out the fire thus the life day flame yes that's right and then they kind of start falling in love it looks like the canteen is going to go out of business but <laughs> this, climax of the movie but this guy has accounting skills and get some spreadsheets together. Dramatic montage. <laughs> saves the cantina. They fall in love. She discovers that his best friend died in the Battle of Hoth on Life Day. But discovers he was part of the Empire. And she's like, no. The Empire killed my father. I just added that. Ooh, and okay. Then, new detail. That should yeah. be a detail we reveal in episode two. Yeah. Like, it'll be a big old plot twist moment. No, I think that's too much. All right. For episode two. We need new conflict in episode two. That's going to be about like a spoiled cousin or something like that. All right. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. So she discovers that like this guy was part of the empire. She wants to like, no, I'm not going to give you any chance. And then grandma says like, hey, life, day, and love are the two most important things in the world. So 
love him on life day and then they kiss and like the movie's over kind of abruptly. Yeah. Cause they all like the Hallmark movies always end abruptly. It's beautiful. And I like it, but my wife hates it. She always gets into the movies and then it ends with a kiss and the snow falls and then it's just over. And she's like, no, but I want to see them together. <laughs> which like I kind of get, which is why. Why we're doing this. Why it's a trilogy and why Star trilogy. Wars is perfect for Hallmark movies. Star Hall Wars Mark. Star why Hall Wars Why am I keep adding war, war, war sounds? I don't know. Okay. So that's where we're at. We've got movie number one written couple things before episode two gets written attack of the account <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> it's just an audit <laughs> oh that's dumb that's so dumb and terrible what what there is a movie called the accountant starring george clooney so it's pretty cool is it a hallmark christmas movie or is this a normal movie i mean it should be george clooney Hallmark Stop. Oceans Hallmark <laughs> What I'm trying to say is Before we start writing episode <laughs> 2 We should probably okay. Just for the sake of our own Ease of conversation okay. Develop some names For these characters Especially our, our main two But we'll also give one to, to Grandma Okay. Okay And maybe like the cantina And like the planet and stuff why not? Wow. So. Jeez. So. Do you have a piece of paper? Because I don't want to write this down. Yes, I literally do. Okay, good. Okay. I have on my computer right now a Star Wars name generator. Is this real? This is real. <laughs> what I want to do is give you a list of species uh, I'm going to send you a picture. It's it's a list of species in the Star Wars universe. There's a little clip art like picture next to each one as well. So I want you to actually to go off of the images as well because I want you to to have in mind, okay, who is Candace Cameron playing? Like what species is Candace Cameron portraying? What species is our crack accountant and uh, let's get some let's get some names to these folks. I mean, just looking at these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just looking at these images, to me, it's pretty obvious. Can't wait. That Candace Cameron is a Chandrillon. A Chandrillon. Okay, good, good, good. Chandrillon is the planet, or Chandrilla is the planet that Mon Mothma is from. Yeah, and then Mon Mothma is that one person. Yeah. Now, I must say, let's get female names, okay? I'm going to read a couple of these off to you. Just stop me when you hear one that kind of rings a Cameron's Cameron bell in your head, okay? Okay. Okay. This is here it goes. Man themed. Man themed? <laughs> yes. Like man? Yes. Themed. No, themed. Like N. Okay. Man okay. man themed. Okay. Okay. That's not Candace. Jal Falwu. Uh, we're getting close. Okay. It sounds like Jerry Falwell. It does a lot. Uh Inasa Bless. Oh. Inasa bless. Ervodo Saylor. 
<laughs> cock ragnall. <laughs> what did she go by for short? You don't want to know. Uh, Roni Trisali. Ah, uh, Roni. Corny's Hayrick. Mm-hmm. Tavir's Perdoust. K. Kidro. Let's get some more. Mevril Dres. Tass Lote. Look, I'm going to stop you there. Okay. Inasa Bless. Okay. How do you spell that in your head? I N N O S A W dash bless. B L E S S. Two S's or one S? Because it, it's Star yeah. Wars. I'm going to do S Z. Bless. Okay. <laughs> Inosa Bless. Bless is her name. Yeah. Does that look good to you? Yep. Sounds good to me. Okay. Inasaw. Does she go by anything by short? Is she like any? <laughs> any. I was going to go with any. Any? Okay. Or Inno. Inno In- feels more. Inno. Inno sounds like a Star Wars name. Although there could be a take on like the Inn, the Christmas story. Oh. Let's just. Let's roll with file it. File that one away. Let's file that it. one away. We, we yeah. have Inno. That is our cantina owner. Okay. Yeah. Pick for me a species for our accountant, and we'll get some names there. I mean, I kind of want to go with a hut. Okay. A hut. Oh, my gosh. These are unpronounceable. <laughs> are you ready for some of these? No, just in case you're not sure, like the hut should give it away. But just in case you don't know, Jabba the Hut is a hut. Yeah. Are you saying that for the audience? Yeah. Okay, cool. I was like, I know this. Hold on. We can have some fun with this, though. Like, okay, okay. I feel like the hut plot is a little bit limiting, and him being in the Empire and at Hoth, eh. Mm, true. It's funny to picture, but I don't feel like it's realistic. True. Not, it's not realistic enough for this Hallmark Christmas movie. Not at all. So I'm thinking, I mean, he could be a clone. Mm, that's something interesting. Yeah, he could be a Jawa. Okay. Uh, he could be. Oh, we've had these people appear before. A Celestin. Uh, yeah, a Solestin. We've seen them. Solestin. Okay. I-, I need your help with this one. Like picking a species or pronouncing one? Picking a species. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Do we want our accountant to be human? I mean... What what what's like the history of interspecies relationships? Um, there generally isn't a ton of such things, to be honest. Okay, so we want two humans. Yeah, I think so, especially for our actor who is who's playing the accountant. Do you know what? Let's go with this, just to have some sort of consistency, and like you might want to be a little bit formulaic in these Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. I say he should be a Corellian. Okay. I like that. Because who else is a Corellian, famously? Mr. Han Solo. Mr. Han Solo. You ever heard of him? All right. Here are some male Corellian names. Again, stop me when you've heard of the one. Picture in your head our crack accountant. What's his name? Is it Sail Dukescarn? Is it no. K- Kick Brival? Oh. Okay. I'm going to keep going, but keep Kick Brival in your head. I mean, that's... Okay. Okay, keep going. 
Geesh Bravocal. Mm. No offense to the geeshes out there listening, but nah. <laughs> teen Grunt Seerbell. No teens. Nope. No teens. Erladak Ashid. Oh, okay. Erladak. Volarel Beakless. <laughs> That's a bad name for a duck because he'd be beakless. <laughs> uh, we have Mech Mech. M E C M E K. Oh, I like that. Okay. Konashar Throhid. Uh. That's too much. Okay. So we've got Kick Brival or Mech Mech. I still got to go with Kick Brival. Kick Brival is cool. Yeah. All right. Is that the one? That's the one. All right. That sounds like an accountant to me. <laughs> For what it's worth, on the website, it's C I C K. Would you rather it be okay. K-I-C-K or just go with the C? Let's just go with that. Okay. Kick. We don't want to be too obvious. Okay. How is Brival spelled in your head? B-R-Y-V-A-L. Yep. Got it. We're going to kick some Brival. I'm going to kick some Brival. Okay. Does he have a nickname or is it just kick? Just kick. Just, it's just kick, yeah. Kick and inno. Kick and inno. Kick and inno what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what species is the grandma? <laughs> I mean, she's got to be chandrillin, kind of, right? Or is she? Is this is gonna get really weird? Mm, yeah, let's just stick with chandrillin. Okay, which one of these stands out like a like a good grandma name? We've got Toval Ibad, Cal Rimo, Ula Fentolin. Ooh. Nal Lodrist. Okay. Kinar Belosar. Ooh. Nelder Trice. I like Nelder. Nelder sounds kind of like an old lady. Yeah. Let's just go with that. Let's stick with Nelder, but let's try some of the other last names. No one says okay. we can't mix and match. Nelder Ibad. Nelder Rimo. Hey, what was Inno's name? Full name? Uh, Inosa Blesses. Should we just go I mean, blesses? Nelder bless? Nelder blesses? <laughs> the Z is going to throw me off. My gosh. Okay. We can drop the Z. Let's do, let's, let's do that. Let's just make it B-L-E-S. Bless. Bless. Okay. Last thing is to determine the name of the planet that they're on. Goodness gracious. This is its own page. Okay. Alderaan. <laughs> no. That doesn't exist anymore, James. What's the one that got blown up in The Force Awakens? Hosnian Prime. Yep, Hosnian Prime. Nope, doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Okay, how do these sound for Star Wars planet names? Pydel, Vagosa. Oh, Vagosa, I like that one. Vagosa? Like, yeah. what's the... It sounds too much like, like Via Ragosa. So? He was the mayor of Los Angeles. I want... Oh, <laughs> wait. Time out. Actually, that is a... That is a Y, not a V, so it would be like Yagosa. Oh, well, in that case, no. That doesn't sound at all like Via Ragosa. Okay. Flygall. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> the planet Bean. That's it. That's the one? Yeah. That's why the hyperlane skipped it. Because nobody <laughs> wants to go to Bean. No one wants to go to Bean. All right. <laughs> hey, what's that planet shaped like? Well, it's a sphere. Does it have to be? Mm-hmm. Really? Gravity wouldn't work otherwise, so. Mm. There's probably a physicist listening, and 
<laughs> so on the website, it's B I E N. Do you want to okay. want to do you want to change that or do you want to do you want to just, just change it to B E A N? Okay. Okay. I wonder where you got that spelling from. I like it though. It's very Star There's Wars. There's a, a British comedian that I got that spelling from. Mister mm. Bean. So. Just to recap, we've got our three characters so far and a planet. So our cantina owner is named Inosaw Bless. It goes by Inno. Our accountant is named Kick Brival. <laughs> yes. That's so good. <laughs> Grandma's named Nelder Bless. And uh-huh. the planet is Bean. <laughs> <laughs> planet, planet of Bean. Oh, I love it so much. Can the... Okay, can the cantina be named some kind of bean pun, like the coffee bean, but not copyright infringing? Uh, sure. Why don't we just call it like the beer bean? The beer bean, or the what's like a Star Wars drink? The blue milk bean. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, quick diversion here. While we think of the name for a cantina, mm-hmm. the animals. There's a lot of potential for the names of the animals on this planet. Okay. You can have the bean bird. <laughs> you can have the bean worm, the bean wolf, the bean dolphin. Yeah, the bean penguin. Bean penguin. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What? It should just be the bean bar. The bean bar. Oh, I love it. That's Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Okay. All right. We have everything set, James. We have everything set. This is a lot of, of, of exposition and sort of fleshing things out, but this is really valuable now that we're making it a trilogy. So yeah. we have our context. You're going to, again, need to take the reins here for, for me because you are more familiar with Hallmark movies and specifically, I would assume Hallmark trilogies, if those are a thing. You know, like ironically, they're not. So I'm actually going to mix universes here. Okay. And we're going to mix with the Netflix Christmas movie, oh, which borrows directly from the Hallmark formula. Like they're, the two are almost inseparable. Totally. Um, there's a level of, um, of intimacy and, and cuteness with the Hallmark movies that does not exist in Netflix. But there's something kind of fun about Netflix that's, that's a little bit different. Sure. So we're going to keep with the Hallmark formula, but we're going to borrow from the Netflix Christmas expanded universe, if you will. Okay. So this segment is now called star hall net wars, Mark flicks. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, the wow at the end is really what sets it off. So (laughs) if you dear listener have not watched on Netflix, the Christmas Prince, the Christmas Prince Two, a Royal wedding, or the Christmas Prince 3, A Royal Baby. Um, stop what you're doing right now and watch all three of those. They are beautiful, powerful films. So let's stick with that same general like formula. Because like first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby and the baby carriage. Like they still have that that nursery rhyme on the planet bean. <laughs> so we're gonna keep with that. Okay. So we have the Christmas accountant. I'm sorry, what's it called again? 
a life ca- what? a life day accountant. An accountant for life day. An accountant for life day, also known as a life day flame, a Star Wars story. Okay, we're just going to go with an accountant for life day two, an accountant baby. Ooh, okay. Or a force-sensitive baby. Oh, a force-sensitive accountant baby. (laughs) (laughs) So there we are. Wait, no, 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 no. I skipped one. That's part three. Spoiler alerts. Oh, dang it, James. We're going to go with an accountant for life day two, an accountant wedding. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. And guess what they're they're going to be doing? And that like the primary tension is going to be in in this planning a wedding. There we go. Okay. And the tension between the two, guess guess what it's going to be over? Between an accountant and like a cantina owner. How to pay for the wedding? Yeah. So she's going to be like, "I want the wedding in my dreams." And like, I want it to be on life day because I love it so much. And the accountant's going to be like, oh, are we sure it's in our budget? Let me look at the monitor. Another powerful calculator montage. Yep. <laughs> this one's probably going to have several because, you know, you got to give the people what they want. <laughs> right? So that's, that's what's going on. She wants her dream wedding for life day. Now. Can I time out super quick? Yep. We ended movie number one. And man, this is probably intentional, knowing Hallmark and Netflix and all this Christmas movie crap. This is prob- Watch your mouth. I'm so sorry. This is probably intentional. But we ended movie one with, like, they are just barely getting together. They share their first kiss. Movie two kicks off, and it's like, let we're planning our wedding. Is that... Is that jump intended or is movie two going to explore the relationship before the like planning the wedding more? Look, they kissed. Um, they're pretty much engaged. Okay. Is that how Hallmark works? <laughs> That's how life works. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so we have the overarching tension of the movie is. The wedding. Yeah. Right. That's looming in everything that they're thinking about. Right. Not just any wedding, though. It's a life day wedding. So it's extra important. Sure. But we have to get back to our roots here. We need to remember the bean bar. That's right. We can't forget about it. So bean bar is operating. I'm sorry. I love that it's called the bean bars. (laughs) It's so good. On the planet yeah. Bean. So, so Inno is just, you know, keep she keeps doing her job. And in comes her cousin, Auto. Auto. Oh, my goodness. That can't be. That can't be. No. One more Trangillan name for old time's sake. But it, it just has to be the first one. Is it ma- male or female? Uh, male. <laughs> Cared. Kared. Kared Kared bless. bless. Okay. So Kared comes into town to help run the bean bar while Inno is preparing for her wedding. Inno's distracted by the wedding, though. And Kared recognizes this and starts stripping away all that makes the bean bar special. Come on, Kared. And like trying to take it for himself, upsetting grandma. What's grandma's name again? 
Uh, Nelder. Yeah, Nelder's like, I don't want Corred running this bar. Like, he's taking away the life day spirit from this bar. He's just making it one of those trendy hipster joints, and he's gentrifying our bar. My gosh. Um, <laughs> Grandma's woke. <laughs> Grandma's woke. Um, and, like, you're getting people that are coming to the bar that just, like, don't appreciate what it was. You know, it loses its character. It loses its life day spirit. And all the while, we discover, like, three quarters of the way through the movie, like, later than you think it would be resolvable, <laughs> our accountant, whose name is... Kick. Kick. Kick is looking at the books and realizes that Cousin Auto... Wait, no, that's not his name. Kared. Kared. Not only does he hate Life Day, not only is he ruining the family business, he's also trafficking. No, not trafficking. Wow. wow. He's also laundering money for the First Order. Ba -ba -ba. Oh, no. But Inno doesn't believe him. So they almost call off the wedding. I'm taking notes as fast as I can on this. <laughs> <laughs> and during this time, Inno has a flashback to childhood while she's wearing a cozy sweater and hearing Carol singing. Not a person named Carol singing. <laughs> right. She's singing people singing carols. And there's kind of this montage of her being all like sappy and, you know, thinking back to her childhood life day in the bar, in the bean bar, you yeah. know, just sitting at the bar as an eight year old, you know, as they do, but kick is, is getting ready to leave. Cause he feels like the wedding is just about off. So he's about to jump on a ship at the, what would be the star Wars equivalent of an airport. Uh, spaceport. <laughs> you so know, he's, he's sitting at the spaceport getting ready to take off. Also, there is a page on here for ship names. Let's give uh, Kick a ship name. We've got the Champion, the Brutality. Wow. The Dispatcher, the Euphoria. Oh. The Aora, the Herald, the Annihilator, the Epiphany, the Thunderbolt. The Nightingale. The Nightingale. The Nightingale. <laughs> He's about to get on the Nightingale. But then here comes Grandma Nelder. And with her life day spirit, she says, you got to marry that boy. Because two things matter most in life. Love and life day. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, he, Nelder tells that to Inno. Yep. Okay, okay. Because Inno is going to just let Kick leave. Because gotcha. she was accusing her cousin. When she says yeah. that, she realizes that her cousin is in fact laundering money for the First Order. Using their bar. The bean bar. So she force chokes him. What? That's yeah. too dark. That wouldn't be in a Hallmark movie. I mean, not to death. Like It needs to be kind of like a lighthearted force choking. <laughs> I guess Baby Yoda doing that in season one is along those lines. Yeah, there's a way to do it in like a life lighthearted way. But like Inno is an adult. <laughs> she does she Jedi mind trick him into giving her a ride to the spaceport? Yeah, that's way better. <laughs> yeah. But it has to be done in like kind of a cutesy yeah, cheesy way. You're right. I can't see Candace force choking anybody. Sorry, Candace. 
<laughs> and then while they're at the spaceport, it starts snowing. Aww. And they get snowed in. And they meet eyes with each other at the spaceport. And they want to get married, but they can't get back to the, the place where their ceremony is taking place. So they decide to get married at the spaceport. But they're like, who's going to officiate the wedding for us? Good news. Haley Joel Osment shows up. And what species is, is this character? Human. If there's that can be what like, what like planet? Uh, uh Tatooinian. Um not an option, sorry. We've got Alderon, Chandrillin, we've got uh uh Sereno, Naboo. Naboo. Um, okay. Naboo. And this is a male cousin? No. He's just a stranger. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Who steps up and says, I can do your wedding. Okay. Is his name... But it's like a former child star. Is his name Wathenarth? Is his name Igriro, Varl, Mar, Grand Canyon? Grand Canyon. No, I'm sorry. His name has to just be Haley Joel Osment. Like, actually, in Star Wars canon. Okay, 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 okay. It says, I can do your wedding, they say. Thank you, Haley Joel Osment. And now, does Haley Joel Osment actually play the part as well? Or is it another actor? Okay, I just wanted to make sure. How ridiculous is that? Another person playing the character of Haley Joel Osment? I I never know. Don't be ridiculous. There's nothing ridiculous about this at all. Okay, so Haley Joel Osment offers to wed them on the spot. And they get married on the spot in the snow. And then the cantina band starts going. And there's a really cheesy dance scene at the end. Oh my gosh. So the, is it, is it the cantina band from the bean bar? Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's an important detail. It is. Those are some detailed notes. I, I love it. Well, now that we know this is a trilogy, I want to make sure that it stays like coherent and stuff. So, yeah, totally coherent. Can you just give us a quick one minute summary of an accountant for life day two, an accountant wedding? Okay. They want to get married. They decide that they love each other and want to get married from the beginning of the movie. They already had decided. That's not part of it. It's just assumed. Okay. Okay. They're going to get married. Sorry. That's an important detail. All right. They're going to get married. The cousin, Kared Bless, runs the bean bar while Inno is planning the wedding. But Kared is doing a bad job. He's losing the character of the bean bar and sapping away all of, like, the life day spirit from the place. Yeah. Now, Nelder is the one that doesn't, that sees it and particularly doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. So, Kick looks at the books and discovers that Kared is laundering money for the First Order. <gasps> but Inno doesn't believe Kick. <gasps> so Kick uh, is pretty distraught and thinks, well, this is, this is over. Kick nearly leaves on his ship called the Nightingale. Yeah. Uh, upon hearing this, <laughs> Nelder tells Inno not to let Kick leave um, because true love is real. What I don't know. But, because but of yeah. love and life day. It's the same thing she said at the end of the first one, if you didn't catch that. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert about the third one. She's going to say yeah. something about Love and Life Day, too. 
chances yeah. are it's going to be her last words. Anyways. Spoiler alert. Okay. So Nelder tells Inno not to let Kick leave because of love and life day, the two <laughs> most important things in the universe. Inno force mind tricks Kared to take her to the spaceport. And at the spaceport, they get snowed in. Um, Kick and Inno meet eyes. They want to get married, but they're stuck. So Haley Joe Osmond offers to wed the <laughs> offers to wed them on the spot in the snow, and then the Bean Bar Band shows up. The Bean Bar Band, that's fun, uh, shows up and plays music, and they dance cheesily as it snows. Yeah, I mean, tell me you don't want to watch that movie. I would. I would watch this movie. Yeah, that's great. That's gonna be great. This this is gonna be great. I wonder what's going to happen next. I don't know. First comes love. Then comes marriage. And then comes the Clone Wars. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's two movies down. Yeah. We are two-thirds of the way through our trilogy. I'm loving this. This is great. I actually don't love it that much because it breaks my heart that these are probably never going to get made. Why did I say probably? These are never going to get made. And it makes me sad. Right, 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 right. Unless a celebrity endorser, Haley Joel Osment, or uh, Candace Cameron gets their hands on this. You'd think that Hallmark would want to get into the Star Wars game. You would think so. You'd think a lot of companies would want to, though. So, like, <laughs> it's fair it, that, like, not every company can. It has to be easy, I'm sure, to just be like, hey, let's make a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Let's just get one of those Darth Vader costumes and make it a Star Wars movie. What do you think? I don't think Disney or Lucasfilm would have any problem with that. <laughs> exactly. Like, at all. Disney is famously loose with their copyright laws. Mm, they just mm-hmm. share things left and right. They just do whatever. Just do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Mickey Mouse on NBC. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know. Destroy the Shield Generator is created by Joseph Jasper and James Walker. Our theme music is produced by Roy Thompson, who's better known as Royish Good Looks. You can support him through the links in our show notes. Join us next time on Destroy the Shield Generator. But until then, always remember... It's going to be great.